Welcome to Geeks On, a show created by geeks for geeks, covering topics that geeks like to talk about. This week, it's Geeks On E3 2016. Welcome, everybody, to another Geeks On. Uh, fortunately, I was able to do another one this week. Um, I know that's kind of a new thing. Uh, seems like for a while I could only get stuff out maybe once a month and for a while there once a year. So, again, trying to be a little more consistent and getting this show back uh, to its old glory days. Uh, my name is Aaron Hendricks, and I'm a graphic designer here in Los Angeles, and I'm a geek. Hi, I'm Sandra Vo, and I'm a designer in LA, and I love everything Star Trek, Star Wars, and video games. I'm Misty Taylor, or my gamer tag, Meow Misty Dawn, and I'm a geek because I was just born that way. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, we're, we're all at least born that way, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah. Although, I have to say, uh, my friends call me the geek grenade because I tend to make everybody around me geekier. Uh, my friends who've never played board games are all now playing board games. Friends who don't play video games end up playing video games. We have Star Trek Night where I teach people who've never seen Star Trek. I give them a little lesson and you know, we watch a couple episodes. So I, uh, I spread the word. <laughs> so you, You're contagious. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be born that way. You can actually become a geek. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Um, so actually, uh, Sandra, tell us, uh, you're, uh, the reason why we're all on here is to talk about E3. Tell us about some of the games you're actually currently playing before we get into E3, because I know you're a big video gamer. Yeah. Well, right now, I am still playing Witcher 3. I just finished the main story, so now I'm playing the two expansions. Um, I've clocked in over 200 hours so far. Oh, my God. So I'm kind of scared, but... And then at E3, they just announced the mini game that's going to be a self-standing solo, um, free-to-play multiplayer online, the Gwent guard card game. So I'm totally excited about that. So I might never stop playing Witcher. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, you took a... Didn't you take a week off to uh, play... Um... I did. I took a week off, like vacation, and I, I was hoping to finish Witcher, and I never did. You're nuts. <laughs> I'm still uh -huh. playing. Uh, Misty, are you playing anything right now? I am. I, I have been playing the new Rise of the Tomb Raider game that came out. It is one of my favorites. I just finished that, like, uh, last week. Oh, really? What did you think? Uh, I thought it was great. Uh, although, when I say... Um, finished it, even though I got through the story, it said I still I was only 40% through the game. Are you one of the I have to be 100% for it to count kind of people? Hell no. There, no. <laughs> I just, I can't do that anymore. That's me. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's why. <laughs> yeah. I want uh, achievements unlocked. Uh, no, no. Um, in fact, I, I feel kind of bad that... Um, the uh, the tombs, which are unfortunately a lot of them are just not part of the main story. I just kind of left behind, um, and I really feel like that's a negative part of the game. They try to make that thing a little little too open worldy for no reason. Yeah, and there are some time issues on some of those quests too. If you don't do them as you're going along, and they pop up in the story, you can't really revisit them either. Oh, really? I can't go back? 
There's well, most of them are okay, but there's a couple uh, where creatures were there, and now they're they've gone. If you don't go back in time and stuff like that, oh, so you can't. Yeah. If you're a, if you're a hundred percenter, there's like some problems that will get you ninety eight percent. You'd have to start from the beginning to repair. Sandra, do not play this game. <laughs> oh boy, then I'll yeah. Okay, good to know. <laughs> but it's but it's beautiful the way uh, the hair. The, that's my favorite part. The graphics with the hair is just like phenomenal. It's the most realistic hair I think I've seen in a game so far. I I'm gonna say this. Hopefully, it won't ruin it for you. But they do cutscenes with her, and every time they cut back, her hair falls off her shoulder the exact same way over and over and over again. Oh. And I, I literally, it. it it was like looking at a little spot on your television set that you can't now stop looking at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All I could do is watching this one strand of hair over and over and over fall off her shoulder, and I, I was going mad. I was oh. literally going out of my mind, going, I can't <laughs> stop looking at this piece of hair. <laughs> oh no! But you're right. Well. <laughs> the, hair, the hair does look great. I mean, at least it fell off very smoothly and flawlessly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I played on the Xbox. Uh, what are you playing it on? On the PS4. Oh, okay. Are you strict PS4 or do you just bounce between whatever? I, I love both consoles equally. I'm not one of the people that pick. But when it came down with the new Xbox One and PlayStation 4, I always buy the Xbox and the PlayStation. But I love Xbox. I always have to buy more than one, though. And I was kind of over that. So I went with PlayStation 4 this time. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I I stick with Xbox uh, just because my friends are on Xbox. So anything multiplayer, we just all go that way. Yeah. Um, I'm about ready to buy a PlayStation 4 because finally I'm going to play Uncharted. Oh, wow. It's totally worth it. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I knew that I was going to buy the PlayStation 4 for Uncharted. I just was going to give it some time. But uh, mm-hmm. since nothing was really announced at E3 for PlayStation, which we will talk about, um, I'll just go ahead and buy it, see what yeah. happens. So, oh, great. Speaking of which, E3. So this, um, this episode's all about E3. All of us went to E3 uh, at least one day, and uh, I kept up on all the news saw all the press conferences uh that were posted online so i think i'm up uh, up on it um but if you whoever's listening out there want, want to get the actual the news this episode of geeks on is not necessarily to give you the full coverage of e3 there's plenty of websites for that with all the trailers this is our opinions Things we got to see on the show floor and uh, what we just thought about uh, video games this week. So no pressure on us. <laughs> we, we don't have to deliver the new, the, the complete news here. Okay, good because I'm actually bad at keeping up with the press conferences as they happen. Well, you didn't have to worry about it too much actually, because this uh, this year I don't know if I was super impressed by the press conferences. Um, Sandra, you saw most of them as well, didn't you? Yeah, and EA's was the worst. <laughs> I yeah. got so bored. Yeah, so EA, I think, started it out uh, the night before on a Sunday, and I have to agree, EA's press conference was an hour long of nothing, including a whole section about Star their Star Wars games that literally had nothing in it. Yeah, they had nothing to show, so why even tell us? Like, that, that was not... That was lame. That was a slap in our faces. 
Yeah, in fact, this is this is interesting. I, I had a, uh, a talk with my brother-in-law about this. Um, it feels like they're missing an entire year and a half of Star Wars because of this. It feels like they're kind of behind the game. All these movies are coming out, and yet there's no real Star Wars game that's going to be filling the void this year. And that seems weird to me. I agree. What did you think about EA being separate from the floor? Um, well, there was nothing really to... I mean, there, there was nothing really to show, so um, I don't know. Um, they've been EA's been talking about kind of separating from E3 for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so they've always been, uh, you know, for the last 10 years, they've kind of dabbled in different things on how to approach E3. So, uh, I mean, I don't really know what to say. I think they feel like they get more value out of E3 by just inviting the press personally over and getting giving demos. Right. Uh, but that's okay if you're one of the few uh, people in the press that they want to, want to send an invite to. Well, they uh, were doing that. Sorry, they were doing that simultaneous. Like, oh, it's also live in London. E3, you know, is doing our press conference over there too. So they were trying to make it all important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought EA was pretty disastrous. And then the next day started out with uh, Xbox or Microsoft, that is. And again, this was another weird one for me. They. Kinda, they announced a new Xbox, which is a slimmer version called Xbox S. That they really only suggested that it was smaller, and yet afterwards we've kind of learned that maybe it might have a little bit of different processing power and able to output 4K. Well, but it just—they didn't feel like they needed to talk about that at all. Um, yeah, the only—I think the only thing they really talked about. On, on that for the slim is the faster processor and a bigger hard drive and that was it there was nothing nothing else that was added to it besides did, the, the downsizing but they didn't really explain what, what that meant for gamers no and right, then yeah and then at the end of the show even more bizarrely they announced a future Xbox um, that has significant processing power and then casually says, oh, yeah, this is for 4K output. Oh, and um, VR. Good night, everybody. <laughs> and, then, and, then was, and then didn't explain what was going on. It, it felt like they just were saying things but weren't really explaining what the future of Microsoft was and how this really integrated. I assume that means there's VR plans for Microsoft or for Xbox. Um, they mentioned the word when they mentioned this product, but that's it. It just felt totally bizarre. And by the way, if you if if one of if a significant part of your press conference is introducing a new character for Killer Instinct, you have a loser. Uh, con- uh, press conference. That's not an announcement. No, it isn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, seriously, Killer Instinct? How long ago was that game? <laughs> it's just not an announcement. Great, there's a new character. Fine. It, you know, but that should not take up any type of any space in your hour-long press conference. So I knew we were in trouble right there. 
I agree. Uh, and then we had Sony press conference, which was more impressive, I guess. Um, they did not mention their new rumored PlayStation, whatever, 4.5 or whatever they're calling it, uh, which is also strange. And they had a couple games that were meh to me. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are God of War fans. I like the game, but I'm not anticipating each edition. Yeah, me neither. Uh, <laughs> I could barely get through the third one, not because it wasn't a quality game. I just felt like I was playing an old-fashioned game. They hadn't really evolved the gameplay, just the graphics. And so when this was announced, I was like, uh, I don't really have confidence in the game, even though it looks amazing. Um, so it was just kind of a meh press conference for me. Yeah, no, I agree. And the Nintendo one, though. Weirdo. <laughs> I, I'm not a Nintendo fan, so maybe you guys can get on board with this. But their press conference was literally two games. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I It's really interesting. Uh, they, yeah, there's nothing really going on with Nintendo except this Zelda game we've been promised forever. But it does look beautiful. Um, it does look beautiful. Um, I... If I were a Nintendo fan, I would be um, worried because, uh, you know, no, Nintendo has to kind of make up for the third-party uh, blight. There's not a lot of third-party people making Nintendo games. So usually Nintendo uh, picks up the slack and just does them themselves, you know, and they make great games. So people buy Nintendo for Nintendo's great games. And here it was a Pokemon game and uh, Zelda. And that was about right. it. It just felt weird to me. Like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, it just felt very average this year. Uh, and I was expecting more. I don't know about you guys. Uh, and then the really the final one was, um, to me, was uh, Ubisoft's press, press conference. Yeah, what did you think about that? That was two over two hours, and I actually thought they were kind of the rock stars of E3, really. I, I, I absolutely, totally agree. Even everything at the booth, everything I saw, everything I sampled, best stuff I've seen. Yeah. So let's just forget about the, 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 the conferences now, and we'll just go back and forth and talk about some of the stuff that we saw that these you know specific things and trust me a lot of them are going to be from ubisoft uh and we just go back and forth and talk about what we saw first of all how was the actual comp like the the show floor what did you guys think about that i liked it because i felt like it was um a lesser crowd compared to last year but apparently i guess this year there were over seventy thousand attendees versus 50,000 last year. But for some reason, I guess it's because of um, the absence of EA and Blizzard not being there. So I felt that there was plenty of room for me to move around and not have to be stuck to next every other nerd, you know? So I, I enjoyed it. I liked the layout. I, I definitely could tell in the hall um, without 
Activision and EA being there and Wargaming, there was a lot more space. And I feel like they compensated probably by giving, like 2K had a phenomenal booth that was much larger than normal. They recreated an entire city block in New Bordeaux, which was in Mafia 3, and it's the equivalent. Mm -hmm. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And then uh, the Ubisoft booth was great but they always have really great booths um honestly my favorite and just des- i feel like the set design really was enhanced by the floor having so much more space this year mm-hmm. yeah the, i agree the yeah. dishonored 2 display was gorgeous too mm-hmm. with the chandeliers it was just like being in a room in the game mm-hmm. but see i felt like there were more people um the the ticket system they did for some of the viewings the lines for things were kind of crazy this was my seventh e3 and it definitely felt with those games being gone maybe there was just less stuff to do and more people there so it seemed a lot of things took a lot, a lot longer i um I agree. I um, if if you really want to like see what's going on at E3, go online and look at it that way. That is really the best way to see them because um, I thought it was hard to get to get in and like get your hands on anything. And then absolutely, a lot, and then a lot of the things are behind doors. Um, luckily, we kind of I went with my brother-in-law, who's an actor, and so he gets recognized, and so we he tried his best to kind of pimp that. <laughs> but that's the only way to see things at E3. It really is. Unless you are press and you made appointments a year ago, it's the best way to get into things. Yeah. And so I, we just, you know, we'd go up to somebody who, who thought maybe he could recognize them and then he'd be, be friendly with them. And he'd say like, uh, you know, after you take a picture with him, he's like, Hey, do you think we can get in for a demo? And he's like, yeah, let me see. And we just nice. we just went around and tried that trick over and over and over again. And we got into a lot of things, but it just, I was like, man, if someone d- doesn't recognize you, your ass is grass in, at E3. Yeah, I had a hookup for every booth but Capcom. And all I wanted to see was the inside of that Resident Evil house. I didn't even oh care gosh, about the I VR. Know. I was I went every day and begged them because they did the ticket system and they ran out yeah. of tickets every day by 11, but the floor opened at 10. Ugh. They wouldn't even let me in. I was like, you're going to just tear down this booth anyway and throw it away. Just let me look at it, please. Nope, never. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to start. Um, let's see. Let me just start with one of the Ubisoft games because um, I saw the um, when I saw the press conference. This is the thing that made me jump first. Uh, so I ran over there, and this is what I wanted to see, and that was Steep. Mm-hmm. So Steep is this giant open mountain snowboarding slash skiing slash paragliding slash wingsuit game. Um, that looks incredible. Now I'm a huge SSX fan. Like I have my old PlayStation two still hooked up so I can play SSX. That's the only thing I play on that thing. Uh, and I've played every game, every version of SSX afterwards. And I feel like this is like, I looked at it and went, okay, maybe this is the new SSX. Maybe this is the new thing that's going to dethrone it. These mountains are huge, and you can just keep going. I mean, you just ski forever down the entire mountain. Um, I actually got in and got my hands on it, and uh, it's pretty damn fun. Uh, 
one thing about E3 is you have to know that these games are uh, early builds and they haven't been optimized and stuff. And some of these demos are actually even you know a month or two old because they have to build the demos for E3. And uh, I did feel like that Steep felt a little clunky a little bit, like the frame rate was a little low. But again, that's the type of stuff that they fix at the very end. It's like the last process, the last three or four weeks, they optimize that stuff and get it nice and smooth. So I'm not holding that against anybody. Did you guys get your hands on this at all? I didn't play uh, that game, but I played For Honor and then did the South Park demo. And then I was going to get into the Eagle Eye one, but couldn't run out of time. Floor closed before I could. Well, if you haven't, if you haven't at least seen the trailer, it's worth it's worth watching the trailer. They give a go ahead. Oh, I see. I did see the trailer. It was it looks amazing. They have these. Um, uh, they have all these uh, like social um, gameplay moments where you can uh, you can kind of set a course after you skied down it, and then kind of. Sh- set waypoints so that all your friends who who are, who are online have to kind of try to match your your ski line and so it's not you've got these kind of you have this user created content kind of always going which i think for this type of game is perfect you just developers with a mountain like that just can't make all the great paths and here you have people who will do that for you um i thought it was pretty ingenious and the game is gorgeous mm-hmm. i assume it's running on the same engine that uh the division and um what's the new ghost recon mm-hmm. was it Sn- mm-hmm. snowdrop it's just their games are beautiful and this is just another uh another one so did you oh sorry go ahead did you get a chance to play for honor i did not get my hands on for honor no that looked interesting how is that it was a lot of fun. Uh, last year, they initially just showed a trailer with no gameplay. This yeah. year, I actually got to play it. And it was, I, I don't know if you ever played Gauntlet back in the day, but it was, it, it's like a beautiful gauntlet. That's what it is. It's amazing. Yeah, it was really fun. And the way that you attack and the way everything goes on and the, the maps were really, I mean, you only get a short preview of the map, but the detail and the scenery is really nice. And yeah, just a really beautiful gauntlet. It seems like a lot of fun to play. Could probably you know, this, sink hours into it. This is one of those that really kind of is trying to simulate sword play, right? Where you have your blocks and your parries and all that. Yes, there was much more detailed when it comes to that. It wasn't just a button masher. You had to pay attention to who you were attacking and what direction they were blocking. And it would show you an arrow that you would use with your right um, joystick. And it would just be up or left or right, not actual four directions. And you'd have to hold that and then always continuously hold down um, L1. And that would be how you would battle back and forth. Those would be the basis. And then based on what he's doing, you do something back. It looked like a smart game. Last year when they did the demo of essentially a duel between two players, it felt like a more thoughtful hack and slash. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. I, I felt like the demo this year, when you're going through hordes and hordes of people, I started getting this like, oh no, is this a 
dynasty warriors type of thing, you know, where you just kind of mindlessly go through peons. I was getting a little worried that that's all it was, but you felt like it was a little more robust than just hacking and slashing. Yeah, absolutely. There would be moments when there would be like fav bite fav. Sorry, <laughs> my brain is tired from E3. Uh, <laughs> like five bad guys at once. Yeah. And it, it actually became more difficult because you couldn't just hack and slash. You were trying to parry with all three of these people around you now at the same time. And so, yeah, you just couldn't walk into the group and just start slashing. It was a lot more work. Hmm. Actually, that sounds pretty good. I'll have to keep my eyes peeled on that one. Sandra, what about you? Any other games you saw? Well, I did try Steep 2, and I I enjoyed it, especially having, because I've never gone snowboarding or skiing before, so this would be the only time that I would be doing it, because <laughs> I'm afraid of heights, so I don't think I'll be able to go on the ski lifts or anything, but yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed the paragliding part, because yeah. it felt like you're flying and you have control and it was just it was fun but yeah i could i could see you're right about the optimization it was a little bit just a little rough (laughs) but given its early stages i think it was a pretty good pretty good game anything else ubisoft that you saw um no i don't i don't think so I I actually got my ass and got uh, into see uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew, which I thought was that was like the highlight of uh, of E three for me. Uh, did you guys get in to see this? No, I, I totally I forgot about it. <laughs> okay, well this they only had one demo going with four seats. Well, actually, it was really only three seats. This was a virtual virtual reality game with the um, we used the Oculus when we were demoing it, so we waited forever. Even though even though we were on a list, we it took forever to get into this demo. But we put the uh, we put the Oculus on. Uh, Star Trek Bridge Crew is a multiplayer game where everybody is on the the bridge of the Enterprise and they have a helmsman navigator engineering captain and you all have to do your job to run this ship so i'm a big trekkie so i was like raring to go i put the the vr headset on uh, i was the helmsman by the way while we were waiting uh a group of people kind of pushed their way in and, and there was this hubbub and they're like okay yeah we'll, we'll get him in right now and it was uh, uh hideo kojima the creator of Metal Gear Solid, uh, he pushes way in. Of course, he walks into demos. He doesn't have to wait. So he kind of <laughs> cuts it. So he kind of cuts in front of us, and was like, "Oh, damn, we're never going to get in there." Uh, and then they said, "Okay, you two come in as well." So I played Bridge Crew with uh, w- with a uh, famous video game maker. By the way, he doesn't speak English, so it didn't go well. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was the helms officer and uh, didn't know when to fire the uh, phasers and torpedoes, so we had a little bit of a problem. But when I put that Oculus on, I'm telling you, I almost started, I got a little choked up. Um, you start in a shuttle, and you look out the window, and there's the Enterprise oh. looming out this window as you're kind of touring it. And I really, I could not believe the the, the feeling of presence in wow. in virtual reality. I really, it I, I got a little choked up at first. I could not believe it. And then they transfer you onto the bridge. I'm sitting at my control 
panel. I see my hands. I look over. I see everybody else in the bridge. We're all waving to each other. And then I have to align the starship into the correct, you know, warp launch and launch uh trajectory and the engineer had to give me power and we were screaming at each other and klingon showed up and we you know it's a total blast and uh in vr it's crazy uh i cannot wait for this stuff to come out um i tried to get as much vr at uh, e3 as possible and this was definitely the highlight it comes out on playstation uh the vive and oculus so did you try any other the vr systems uh i've now been on all of well no i haven't been on the playstation one uh we tried to get uh, uh over to the playstation vr and we just could not get into the demos um and they had interesting looking ones including a batman one <gasps> the batman one i heard was amazing i did um i forget what the name of the game was but it was a puzzle game for the sony vr and you look down inside and it was kind of similar to portal in the way that the puzzles worked they were kind of physics but switched with like traditional puzzles yeah but your hands were in this box that was locked and different pads on uh, different buttons on the d-pads and the joystick would do different things to this mechanical box around your hands to line up this projection to solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. But even though you're just holding the controller, when you look down, your hands are in this box. It can kind of fill the lines of the box on your wrist, even though it's not there, which was kind of trippy. Wow. And the Batman one, uh, you have to pick up the mask and put it on. But my friend was saying the the mask was actually flipped around backwards, and you can put the mask on wrong backwards, too. It oh, was really, no. really... In- you look at your grapple, you throw it, you can see... You can see everything. Wow. It's phenomenal. I really wanted to try the Resident Evil one at the PlayStation one as well. And I've heard that one actually made people nauseated that usually aren't messed with it because you're holding a flashlight in the dark. So your peripherals look really dark. Hmm. I would think that would be better. I think it's just the confusion and hearing things and you can only slightly sleep slightly see things kind of in the shadows right so maybe that's a little honestly the first time i ever did the oculus was the first dev kit and i didn't do vr again until this year because it didn't settle with me very well well i get very nauseous i mean if i even look at the teacups at uh, disneyland i (laughs) I, i'm out for the rest of the day Uh, and i haven't had that problem um, except two things when you lose um when you when the frame rate goes down and you lose sync just a little bit you just it's yeah. nausea central yeah. and then when the when the developer doesn't make the motion correct uh, i did a demo at the oculus booth uh at e3 where it was kind of like human um breakout where you had a frisbee at, but in order to get it back and forth in the room you were on like a it looked like you were on like a little train car and you shifted your body to the right and the train car would move to the right and you shifted your body to the left and it would move left that made me so damn sick because the whole world is moving even though you're standing still and i finally i had to take it off after a couple a couple moments i was like guys you can i was like you shouldn't demo this one <laughs> i'm like you're if you're trying to impress people with the oculus this uh, this not is the not one. the game at all 
but they kind of laughed and said, well, some people are okay with it. <laughs> right. Very, very few people. <laughs> I actually try, I actually tried the um, Razer's HDK2. Oh, uh, I didn't which, get that one. Yeah. And the one that they gave me um, was a basically kind of like a uh, simulation driving type of game. And that made me a little ill because it was a lot of uh, twists and turns and like almost like a roller coaster where I was going really high up and then dropping me all the way down. And it was going super fast. And I'm like, I'm not sure if this is the game for you. For, for you guys to like demo to people, you know, because I started yeah. getting a little dizzy and I was sitting down too. I wasn't even like standing up. And so I was, yeah, but the, hmm. the VR headset itself was comfortable. I have to admit. And the, the focus uh, lens that they, they um, allow you to focus on for each eye, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. Cause I told him, I'm like, well, for someone with prescription like me, you can you can actually wear it without um, having glasses, so you that's can actually good. put oh. yeah. So I'm like that's that's kind of a plus right there, and it's because it's open source, it's open to all developers, so you're not limited to anything. And well, they're Oculus, like, Oculus and HTC supposed to be that way, <laughs> but they're not acting that way. Yeah, you but know? this one's a lot cheaper too. It's starting prices like three ninety nine. So it doesn't come with all the, you know, it's not like the Vive where it comes with that whole bundle. It's just the the headset itself with the um with the motion sensor or capture. But I thought that was interesting. Well, I have to say, even though I uh, this week I put on the Oculus and use their touch sensors, which I feel like the Oculus is definitely um, more comfortable, and the, their touch uh, their controllers are I really do like the fact that the vive has the room scale where i can walk around trumps all of that by like a lot i mean when you get when you put on an htc vive and you're walking around in the environment it's it's incredible how uh, how different that is uh than having experience where you're just standing there and so uh, i'm buying I'm going to be buying some VR stuff this year. I'm going to get the Vive first and then the PlayStation and then see if Microsoft makes a deal with Oculus and see what happens there. But, uh, I mean, E3 was definitely the, the year of VR. Everything was VR. It was, it was yeah. interesting, and I kind of was on the fence about it, but after doing some of the games there, I love survival horror, and I feel like... The survival horror on the VR was terrifying, and I just closed my eyes, but I loved it. I think that would be, I think that would be pretty freaking scary to be like be in a virtual world and having a just a flashlight and shit flying at you. I mean, <laughs> it really is. That I mean, I especially if you if they did like a um, Silent Hill. Oh my gosh! I know, right? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh man! And that radio, and that radio started like twerking out. I would just lose it. I totally would lose it. it yes, absolutely. Like the first game I ever played on the um, VR was on the Oculus, and it was Dread Halls. I don't know if you ever played that. It's probably about no. two years ago I did it, and it's kind of 
similar to Silent Hill, you're in a dungeon basement kind of thing. You only have the flashlight, so it's kind of dark. But these things run after you, and the only way to describe them is that they look like something from Silent Hill. But if you start running or you look away from them, they run at you more. And if you look down, then they start attacking you. So you have to just stand still and act like you're not afraid, and they won't come after you. But it's impossible to do because it feels terrifying, like they're coming after you. So they, you have to stare them down. Yeah, you just pretty much have to, like, play possum, essentially. Like, don't move. <laughs> just let it, like, you just let it walk and not hear you or sense you. I'm not... I, I think maybe they couldn't actually see you as kind of the thing going on. So they just sense when you're moving around or in fear. But that was terrifying. Wow. There, there was another PlayStation game that they had this year. I wonder if it was like they, they live or something like that. That was, mm-hmm. they can't tell you the plot of it still because it's not released. But they just said it's like being in The Shining. And oh I watched my, my friend play that. And you go through like a giant sewer system. And then the water starts turning into blood. And then the end of the hall is just the galaxy. It's very trippy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that <Yeah>. is trippy. <laughs> All right. Well, getting out of VR, and this kind of reminds me of it. Did you guys see or uh, anything about this game called We Happy Few? I am looking forward to this. Was that like really <laughs> trippy looking? It was. This, so this yep. was kind of like a retro sci-fi dystopia kind Bio-shocky, of Bioshocky, right? Yeah. 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 Totally. But uh, it seems like it's written by uh, some smart people. Um, this whole thing uh, where your character essentially stops taking happy pills. And so the world <laughs> starts revealing itself about how awful it is. It you become very- a downer. You're a downer. <laughs> Right? Yeah. That's yeah. what they call him? Yeah. Yeah, but it was really, uh, it had such a strange vibe to it. And it felt so mysterious that I just, I was like, man, I am really looking forward to this game. Um, I can't even remember who is making that thing. I think it's a smaller company. It's an uh, indie. It's an indie company. Yeah, Compulsion, yeah. Compulsion Games. Yeah, Compulsion. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think- I would, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, I think they absorbed some people from Irrational Games. Oh, okay. Well, those guys seem to know what they're doing, and I would definitely keep my eyes peeled on that one because it looked, it looked like a smart game to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I which, agree. you know, is rare. Yeah, the art for it's gorgeous. Even yeah. though the graphics seem kind of simple, it's the same, same thing with Bioshock. It's just like a really beautiful world to be submerged in. Mm-hmm. Sandra? No yeah. mass, no real Mass Effect on the show floor. I know that's this, because it was at e- EA, but EA didn't do much either. Yeah, I was thinking of you when I was searching around for just some type of signs of Mass Effect. All I could think was how sad you were. At it's, okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's uh, okay. I was. Yeah. I was. Although I. Have- I I have to admit, when I when I saw the the behind the scenes trailer, which I probably saw like twenty times by now, I I got a little choked up. <laughs> so I don't mind the delay. So I'm looking forward to it next year very very much. So uh, is it coming out next year? Yeah. Okay. It and was supposed to come out the end of this year, but it got delayed to Q1. So we'll uh, see if they if they keep that promise. Yeah. What did you feel about that behind the scenes video? Do you feel like it gave you any information about what was going on? 
A little, enough, I think. I don't want to be told more because I don't want any spoilers. I want to create my own story. So just a little hint and the fact that they're, you know, passionate about working for it for the fans. So I'm, I'm, I think that trailer was perfect for me. I know a lot of fans were complaining because I went to the forums. They're like, they didn't, they hardly showed anything, you know, to us and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, but it's still in development. I mean, they're still working on it. Don't, don't be don't be a troll, you know, like just be patient, be right. patient and it'll be worth the wait. Always. So. Well, I mean, that's what E3 is for, though, a little bit. I mean, they don't have to reveal story, but they could get us excited about yeah. some of the gameplay ideas that they have in store. Like, yeah. is this is this um, are we exploring planets like in like planet sized planets like uh, uh no man's sky or are right, we right. are this is uh very specific uh scripted uh, planets or you know just that type of stuff it would have been nice to maybe hear about you know some of that really. i think i think they're they're they might be saving it for gamescom because you know there's more uh trade shows later this year so i'm wondering if they're taking their time and just slowly releasing a little bit of, at a time so mm. you know agreed there's so many cons all year now that you kind of have to trickle it out a little bit each time instead of all the information at once and e3 doesn't feel as exclusive as it used to be uh in terms of what they show and how the public can't see it yet everything they show on the floor is online pretty much immediately right yeah yeah although it is it's still the one week where mainstream media will pay attention. Absolutely. Like yeah. they, they'll literally give five minutes on the nightly news, NBC nightly news to video games. Mm -hmm. And the other conventions don't get that. So, true. yeah, eh. that's it, true. It, it, I heard it on NPR. They were talking about E3 while I was getting ready for E3. And I was just like giddy like a little kid. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. What else did we see? I actually really liked Mafia 3. You did, huh? I thought it looked like fun, and I'm not really a huge Mafia fan. I, I like some 2K games. Sometimes I don't. But maybe it was just the beautiful booth that sold me so that when I went into the theater to watch the gameplay, I like all of the layers of it and the structure of it and the I like the time period that they're going to the the style of that looks really interesting the characters look really interesting hmm. uh, I agree it does look out of this one looks like the best of, of the bunch and part of it is is definitely the style like they've that New Orleans uh, that New Orleans paintbrush they put all over it really helps it out I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. Look at you getting all, getting the booth all, uh, uh, changing your opinion. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> I, I love ambiance, you know? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I have to agree. This year, the set design was pretty amazing. Like Bethesda had an awesome booth. Mm -hmm. Um, I, did you, uh, Missy, did you, um, go into the prey area? I did not go into the prey area. Did I, I didn't realize there was a prey area. I it's, can't believe I missed it. It was really cool. And I'm actually looking, the game looks really interesting. Did you, mm -hmm. both of you, had a chance to uh, check out the trailer? Yes, I did. 
Is that, I can't figure it out. Is it a, like a reboot of the whole thing, or is this a sequel? I couldn't really figure out what it was, though. They weren't clear on whether it was a continuation or a reboot. Because it had some elements that reminded me of the... I didn't play all of the first game. I think I probably got 80% through, and then I just... There was, like... It wasn't a perfect game, so I kind of phased out of it. Like, right. And I got bored. Uh, but there was elements in that trailer that I was like, wait a minute. I feel like some of this was in the first game. So I thought maybe it was, like, a semi-remake. Mm-hmm. But it does look beautiful. That is for sure. Yeah. 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 Bethesda is really great at making beautiful worlds for sure. The the Dark Brotherhood, the new Elder Scrolls that they were showing, I'm super excited for that. I uh, I I where where are you playing it? What what uh, box are you playing that on? Oh, uh, actually Skyrim. I've been playing on my 360. Okay. What about yeah. are you on? Are you playing Elder Scrolls online? I haven't played online. It was a big issue for me. I love Elder Scrolls. I even have an Elder, have two Elder Scrolls tattoos. But the thing I love about Elder Scrolls is being a single player in my own time. So the online part hasn't really... Oh, okay. I, I've, I've played it a couple times, but it hasn't sucked me in. So maybe the Dark Brotherhood will be the thing that does. Well, uh, buy it on the Xbox on the Xbox One, and uh, we're, we're all playing it. Sandra's. Oh, you are. Well, well, Sandra's yeah, on well. Witcher three, so we haven't heard her from her. <laughs> but because of um, what is it, Tamriel one or one Tamriel, that's gonna be a huge difference, because yeah. I can play with all the veterans now. That's true. So coming up in the the coming up uh, this fall, they're essentially making it so that no matter what level you are, you literally could pop out level three. And you can play with the level 50 guys. And it doesn't matter really uh, that, you've, that you're that far apart from, from playing. Um, they've done that every time they come out with a new uh, addition to the game, like uh, Thieves Guild, Dark Brotherhood, uh, Orsinium, and all these other things. They've already done that. So we, we can already go and play in those areas. Uh, it was so success- successful that the developers, I guess, finally decided, yeah, screw it. We're just going to make the whole game that way. So it's actually pretty easy to play with each other now because of these new areas that we can go to. But this fall, it will be even easier where it, you know, you can just. There's no restrictions, play. right? There's no longer restrictions to regions that all of us can, like, go to right we can actually go over to the enemy's territories uh if 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 that's what you would even think of them as and just play through all of their storylines right right away if you just want to visit a friend who's over there across the entire world uh you can go and play with them so i think it's a good thing um and yeah sandra you but you're almost what level are you you're like 30 aren't you i'm almost 30 i think yeah, how, how many how many patches ha- has there been since the last like four months? Well, they came out with Thieves Guild. Um, I haven't really played much of it just because I started playing some uh, single player games and I figured I would just go back to it later. Uh, and then they came out with uh, Dark Brotherhood. So there's two patches that have some pretty fun gameplay to it. And I created a, a thiefy character, you know, months ago, but 
there wasn't a lot of thieving going on. So when the Thieves Guild came, I was like, oh, finally, he can actually be a real thief. So that was kind of fun. I don't know if I have somebody who I could, who fits my Dark Brotherhood. I kind of try to role play it a little bit. So I don't want my, I don't want my main guy to be a Dark Brotherhood person, I don't think. He's just not that type of man. <laughs> oh, I always go with the Thieves Guild and the Dark Brotherhood. Well, you should definitely then start now because they they have them both. Maybe I will. Do you feel the same satisfaction playing the game online as you do when you play solo? Well, first of all, first of all, you can play that entire game solo if you want to pretty much. You don't actually have to interact with anyone if you don't want to. If you don't want to there you you can literally go through that entire like 300 hours of stuff and not have to talk to anybody. Oh. Uh, well, maybe I will try it. <laughs> now, I I actually hate people online. I hate the, the, the worst people on the planet are people who are in the headsets of PlayStation and Xbox. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I just, I can't stand it. So when we play these games, it's only with people we know. So when we decide, when we're all on and we go on these, uh, the dungeons that do require like four people, it's all our friends. And so if we all suck, we just die together and we start over <laughs> instead of the pressure of some a-hole yelling at us. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I'm okay with it because, you know, we go do those dungeons and 50% of the time we don't finish them because we're so awful at it. But we're all laughing and having fun and yelling at each other, and so it's great. Um, now, our, our friend Charlie, who's been playing it for like a year now, like every day, Sandra, mm -hmm. you have to get on now because he can all teach us all the, all the things that make us like a badass. Like he's learned all this stuff oh, <laughs> since we gosh. haven't been playing. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I need I need better gear. I have to go to him now. Yeah. Yeah, he'll like make he'll make you like cool stuff now. And yeah, I'm like, hey Charlie, uh, they just came up with poisons. Go learn all the poisons so you can teach us. <laughs> so yeah, if you if you find if you find friends, it's uh, a better experience. Mm. But you literally can go through all the stories by yourself. Hmm. In fact, really, that's how we mostly do it in fact the the main storyline is solo only yeah oh wow and so is the thieves or the mages guild solo solo only and so is the fighters guild um so yes you don't have to you don't have to talk to people online trust me yeah. it's awful and <laughs> yeah, I know they, they said that forever and ever every time they displayed it, but I wanted to I wanted people to actually play it and tell me like, okay, I really don't have to talk to people. They said that, but how true is that? <laughs> well, I'm, uh, not only that, on Xbox One right now, I think they just uh, dropped the price for a week down to $30. So, oh, really? So anyway, not pressuring you or anything, but it's the only, <laughs> it's the only MMO I've ever played. Uh, I'm not... A, MMOs don't I don't gravitate toward that type of uh, gameplay um, but this one I, I'm such a fan of Elder Scrolls and all my friends were jumping on it so we all did it well I have to do that as well um, all right last couple ones for me um, I guess 
we should just talk about Watch Dogs 2 because there was such a big stink about this for like two weeks. The trailer came out before E3. It was a great trailer. Watch Dogs 1 was not a good game. Uh, but this, to me, is what Ubisoft does. They release a game franchise. The first one doesn't quite hit the mark. And then their sequels are better. So maybe Watch Dogs 2 is going to be great. <laughs> Maybe Watch Dogs 2 is going to be Assassin's Creed 2. Mm. I don't know. When I was watching the demo, the gameplay, I got a little bored. It became repetitive for me. I don't know if you experienced that. To me, it felt very uh, GTA. Yeah, it didn't really do anything for me. Right. Well, that was the problem with Watch Dogs 1. And... Actually, a lot of Assassin's Creed's, they do get a little samey after a while. Yeah, I agree. I, I really thought Ubisoft, I, I, South Park, that's what I'm most excited for that Ubisoft's doing is the new South Park game. Okay, did you play the first one? Yes. Okay. I, I'm not a South Park fan, so oh. I, I've just dabbled in the first game, which was funny, I have to say, even though I'm... Don't I didn't know really any of the characters and stuff. I have to say, when I was making my character and I played around the, the the beginning of this game, I laughed several times. Maybe I should just go back and play it. Uh, and the tr- and the demo of the second one was pretty damn funny, especially the uh, the part where they demoed the origin story. I have to say. Oh my gosh! It was totally <laughs> wrong. It's not PC and totally wrong, but it was pretty good. I think it's falling under the same thing where, I mean, I think the first design for the game was amazing. The gameplay was great. It's it's so much like the show that it it looks simple at face value, but the detail they actually put into it was really representational of the show. And I feel like the second game is that way, too. They fine-tuned a couple things. There's more detail. There's crafting in it. So they take all the elements that you really love of an RPG, and they just put fart jokes around it. Right. I... I... I guess one of the reasons why I didn't get into the first one is I feel like I was about ready to get into a real RPG, and I didn't know if I wanted to do that with South Park. Mm. Was it? I mean, how long is that game? Um, I'm not sure how quickly you can beat it. I think it's about average. I spent forever to finish a game because I look in every drawer and do every single thing. So I took me probably like 40 hours to complete it. Oh wow! It is a. It is but like. You, an, RPG. Yep. It is wow. literally a full RPG. It's not it's not like how you know, can oh, what am I trying to think of that I'm forgetting right now? Um Fable. Fable, thank you. That's exactly what I was about. It's like that's RPG light when you want to put some time in, but like not forty hours in one setting. Mm-hmm. It, South Park full RPG is just very simple animations. That's the only difference. It is completely just as detailed. There's fractions you can join. There's what you can level up your characters. It's wow. it's really good and detailed. And once you finish the main story, you can keep going. And there's side plots and oh, that's well cool. Yeah. So is is the first one the Stick of Truth? Yes. Oh, okay. I I just bought that actually. It was on sale on Steam for like oh. eight bucks or something. So I was like, bye. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's so, um, totally yeah, worth that's, it. That's going to be my next game after if I ever finish my Witcher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, would you just get give it up? You finished it. Move on. 
<laughs> I know, but I'm 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 like her. I need to, you know, open every single drawer, finish every <laughs> mission. <laughs> you never I know. Had, I had uh, I, I was playing with a friend of mine on uh, Elder Scrolls Online, like I don't know, six months ago, and she she's brand new, so we were running around, and you know, we you have bag space troubles, you have inventory troubles, so. I said, empty your bag at the city and let's go to this dungeon and we'll go and down and explore together. She says, fine. She empties it out. We start walking to the dungeon and she picks every flower, <laughs> mines every piece of ore, picks up everything. And find, when we get to the entrance of the dungeon, she says, uh, my bag's full. I got to go back. <laughs> so we go back to the city. I was like, do not pick up a single stone <laughs> until we get into that dungeon. <laughs> That's exactly how I play every RPG. Fallout, I know what chems to take and what companion to take to be able to make them carry stuff and how I can carry the most back, especially once they added the element of building settlements. I got to get all that copper wire. I got to get that concrete. I got to get that wood. Oh, there's a storyline. Totally forgot about that part. Oh, my. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> all right. Anything else we want to talk about E3? We're, we're, we haven't talked about some of the main, the big things, but... I think it seems like a lot of people have already talked about it, like Call of Duty and mm -hmm. that type of stuff. I agree. I don't... Yeah. Actually, there is one thing I want to mention, um, going back to the VR, virtual reality technology. There mm -hmm. was, in the back, um, Black Box TV had a... I wouldn't call it a booth, but they had like four little domes that they <gasps> had up. Did yes. you go in... I went like, into the uh, to, to the big one, and that was really, really trippy. <laughs> Actually, was, as you started saying that, I was thinking exactly of the same thing you're thinking of. Yeah, it's Wait. like a three 360 projection. Mm -hmm. So you're laying down, and they're, they're just showing these images of either space, like you're traveling through space, or you're flying through, I don't know, whatever, like you, um, the sea. Mm -hmm. But it was I thought it was really really interesting i was thinking about that because the dome is huge um it probably seated 25 people inside oh wow yeah okay. yeah. yeah just 360 dome hmm. all righty well i don't know i can't think of anything else that really caught my eye there i'm sure i'm forgetting something um but hmm well missy you have uh your own uh podcast uh, I do. Can you tell us about that? Yes, it is called Keep Your Shirt On. We update every Tuesday. It, my co-host and I interview our fellow nerdy friends and just talk about general nerdy stories and topics of the week. I see. So it's just like a conversation online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you just eavesdropping into a conversation. Interesting. And um, and again, how do they find that? Where do they it, go? It's available on SoundCloud and iTunes. Okie dokie. Sandra, do you have a blog or podcast or a YouTube channel or uh, let's see what else? Uh, Twitter feed or have Are you a, kidding? A blog? I am I am as anti social as, as you can get. Whatever time <laughs> I have, I am at my computer playing my games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good for you. Good for you. Uh, well thank you guys for uh, helping me do this episode. I was uh, searching high and low for people who had actually been to E3. Uh, I know lots of 
video game uh, fans, but you know, not everybody can get to the show floor. So it was great of you guys to uh, jump on with me this evening. And I hope you guys can do it again. Of course. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, great. All right. Well, have a great Geek Week, everybody, and uh, see you next time. Thank you.